Hey guys, Joey here. Welcome to Droolish. Let's start right now. Welcome back to Droolish. I am your host, Joey Montano. Today, per usual, we have an awesome episode in store. Actually, I usually say special, but today is awesome because we are entering week nine of the NFL, which means, yes, it's the NFL Picks episode. Also, in case you are unaware, if this is your first time listening to Droolish, this is a sleep and relaxation podcast where I will talk about a variety of subjects, but once a week I've been updating and talking about my NFL picks, what's going on in the NFL, provide power rankings, just all NFL-related stuff. Now, apparently, uh, what I do is I look online, I look on my fireside, and I see, oh, more downloads. Okay, maybe I'm doing something right. So I'm continuing this uh, for the rest of the season, and hopefully you, you guys have been finding uh, great joy in listening to this. Uh, main reason why I like to talk about different subjects uh, on my podcast, if you're new to the podcast, I should mention, is uh, one... Well, I want to provide value either way. So uh, the goal is this podcast to help, and this podcast is to help you fall asleep through my long-winded voice, my soothing voice, if I might add. No. Uh, you know, mildly interesting anecdotes, stories, enough to kind of keep you entertained initially uh, and eventually, just like everyone in my life that I speak to for more than five minutes, they yawn and fall asleep. Uh, that's my goal here. So... Uh, like I said, uh, apparently I keep getting downloads, so I think I'm doing something right. Who knows? Uh, but I'm rolling with it. So today, uh, the today's subject at hand, we are talking about uh, Week 9 NFL picks. Uh, and I'm going to go over the last week's pick results. I think that's a pretty good thing to kind of reflect and learn from our mistakes. Then go over my uh, week, week 9 anti-power rankings, which... Uh, pretty much means it's the worst teams in the NFL, but I like to spend time uh, reviewing them. And then going over Week 9 picks, uh, the reason why I do that is primarily because after I review the anti-power rankings, uh, making the Week 9 picks uh, makes a lot more sense and it makes a lot better uh, decision a lot better decision making. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about that later too. I include timestamps in all my videos, or I should say in all of my uh, podcast episodes. So if you are checking me out on, or the podcast out on your phone, uh, feel free to look in the, in the description. I include the timestamps so you, you'll be able to find what you're looking for uh, pretty fast, hopefully. That's my goal. Then after that, uh, well, I just go over some upset picks where I just review probably the most advantageous uh, underdogs that can provide long-term profit throughout the season. Uh, this is a more or less self-experiment. Uh, you don't have to listen to me in those particular items because that's very that's more risky. But uh, that's that's generally my 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 style, uh, my my favorite type of betting and style. So definitely understand how some people could be uncomfortable. But if none of that interests you, that's fine. Feel free to listen. Uh, just listen to hear me talk. Close your eyes. Relax. I'm going to throw some rain sounds that that you gradually come in. You probably should start hearing it right now, or probably a little bit before. I'll come in. I like to throw in additional nature sounds and whatnot to help uh, create a sense of uh, calmness, relaxation, and to help de-stress. 
Uh, last thing I want you guys to do is to be fully awake uh, through the next 60 to 90 minutes. Of course, if you are and in, in you're awake, uh, hopefully it's you're listening to us during the day or in the evening. Um, but uh, but like I said, my, my goal is to help you guys fall asleep uh, in a yeah yeah, talk, yeah fall asleep and giving you content in a soothing, calm manner. And hopefully, I, you know, I wonder if you guys are sleeping during this podcast, and then you hear the voices. You, like you literally hear my voice while you sleep. Like does my voice show up in your dreams? I don't know. See, the, the, I don't, see, these are the random thoughts I just get. It just doesn't make any sense. But moving back on subject, guys. I'm excited to go talk about last week's Week 8 NFL Picks. If you are unfamiliar with how the NFL Picks go, how I review them, I am on Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Look for Droolish if you want to see how I'm doing. You can look and verify everything. Um, in three groups, the overall leaders, the fans of Detroit, and the fans of Michigan. Feel free to hop on just if you want to join those groups. I am not winning those groups, but if you want to uh, test some of the pickums yourself, it's great. Uh, what I like about the pickums specifically is that I just pick a winner flat out and I don't have to worry about spreads or anything else. Uh, it's just straight up who's better, which you think it's, it would be easy for the most part, but uh, it's actually a lot harder than you think, uh, mainly due to the whole any given Sunday concept. Regardless... Reviewing week eight, there were 15 games in week eight, and this is probably my second best week so far since uh, doing this, and I'm 10 and five. So that's the old 66% win rate, which I love. Uh, Even going back from, I think, week five or week six, I had my worst week ever in week uh, week five, and I said I need to start focusing, getting my crap together, stop overthinking. Went from seven and eight to eight and six in week six to 9-5 week 7. Now 10-5 week 8. This recent week, guys. Okay, so here, here, here are the picks just for your review. I picked Minnesota over the Washington Redskins. That was a pretty straightforward game. Uh, Washington uh, actually has a fairly solid defense. I think they've held a lot of teams to a few a fewer points the last few weeks. Uh, so I got to give them credit. But, but uh, yeah, Minnesota, that was still a pretty uh, solid game. Uh, that really wasn't too much of a sweat. The Seattle Atlanta game, uh, pick Seattle. Uh, they were technically the underdog, and I don't know why it, it could have been a glitch in Yahoo. Uh, but uh, me and 96% of Yahoo were right in picking Seattle. They did win by seven points, and I don't know if you guys watched the whole game, but I think they were up 27-0 at some point. So, or they were up big, and. Uh, it's just one of those games. It's just garbage time points. Uh, don't let the score fool you. Seattle was uh, was playing phenomenally, and I think they were they were away. So that's a that's very spooky. The next game, I picked the Buffalo Bills over the Eagles. Uh, this is uh, this is this is on me, guys. Uh, if you listen to my previous previous podcast, I've never been a big fan of uh, how the I've never been a big fan of the hype that Buffalo has been getting. Uh, every time I see them play, they've always played garbage teams. They have a stout defense. Like, that is, like, their pinnacle of, like, top tier. Like, I have to give them credit with that. But I, I just don't see anything else uh, regarding the team that makes me believe in them. Um, their defense does cause uh, game-changing plays, which is a, which is actually which is actually a pretty strong X factor in, you know, overall team performance. Uh, but uh, they ran into a pretty competent uh, Philadelphia team, which we all knew and probably hoped for. 
I was going to start warming up at some point. Uh, you know, they were they're a playoff caliber team. They just haven't been playing that way. I think that's kind of the synop, like kind of the feel. And something had to give. Uh, Philadelphia just dropped 31 on them. Buffalo, uh, as usual, scores 13 to 17 points on offense. Uh, uh, they could generally score more points when, once, uh, you know, they, if they take the ball over in short field, they do a lot better than that. They, they do a lot better offensively, but, but if they're not getting that, uh, uh, they're, they're pulling out 10, 13, 17 point games at most. So, uh, yeah, that's, and that's on me. I picked Buffalo because I just didn't think Philadelphia was going to get there. I was completely wrong. I put more faith in Philadelphia staying the course than Buffalo actually being what I thought they were. Uh, so that that was a wrong pick on me. There's not even like something that I just did you guys wrong. I'm sorry there. Uh, I wasn't over. I overthought that one. Uh, I, I feel bad about that. Uh, so that's it. The next game, uh, I picked the underdog uh, Chargers. Sorry, I, I picked Chicago to beat the Chargers, and this is just. A terrible game on <laughs> both ends uh, for what I've seen. Uh, Chargers won. This is one of those games that was a 50-50. I thought the Chargers um, were going to continue to stink at Chicago. Probably would have just waltzed into a victory, like, somehow. Uh, this one, you can't really... I can't fault myself with this one. It was a, it was a little coin flip of just two bottom-tier teams of... Uh, in my opinion. Uh, two two bottom-tier teams that are just trying to figure out a way to not lose. Or maybe win, who knows? The next game, I picked Detroit, and this was right. So I was 2-2 two two at this point. I picked Detroit. Yeah, crushed the Giants. I mean, they, it was a decisive victory. There wasn't, I don't say crushing. It was a very pretty decisive. I picked uh, Tampa to beat Tennessee. I'm very sad on this one, because um, I thought this one was 50-50. And Tampa probably could have, should have, and would have won had they have not been Tampa. <laughs> That's what I need to learn. Um, Tennessee doesn't do many things to... Like, I don't know. Tennessee doesn't have, at least in my opinion, explosive playmakers. And they're kind of like a middle-of-the-road team that's playing not well. And Tampa is an explosive team that plays terribly. So uh, I think but Tampa gave up like three interceptions and I think like a fumble touchdown or something like that or a fumble in a short field. Uh, so points for turnovers from Tampa, I just... Uh, killed them. Uh, it was a close game. Tampa, I really believe that they should have won, but uh, they are a little bit worse than not put together as they thought. Uh, I'm not faulting myself for this one, just like the uh, Chicago uh, Chargers game. It happens. Uh, next game, Indy over Denver. Uh, Indy won in a very close game against Denver, and you guys know how I feel about Denver. Uh, I thought it was a, I thought it was going to be a toss-up game. Uh, Indy did pull it off. Uh, the Rams beat Cincinnati, scoring 24 points. I picked the Rams there. Uh, I picked New Orleans to beat Arizona. I thought the game was going to be a lot closer. Uh, it seemed like in the first half it was going to be a fairly close game. Uh, but New Orleans is a Super Bowl caliber team at this point. So um, Arizona held their own. They, they're, they're, they're still struggling to put all four quarters together. Um, but I, I see flashes there, so I, you know, I'm not going to dog on them too much. Jacksonville. I picked them over the Jets. Uh, that was a pretty, pretty safe pick. They won that. Uh, I picked Carolina over San Francisco. Uh, I, I, part of me wants to say I'm sorry for picking Carolina, uh, but in my heart of hearts, on um, paper, on matchup, even just watching the games, Carolina was just going, has been a hot team, but San Francisco has just been 
nuclear. They've been straight up lava. And uh, that, was a, that was a bit of a misread. Uh, I did not expect San Francisco to score 51 points. I, I probably thought uh, this game would have ended up like 21-20, like Carolina. But, uh, but that was a misread of my, uh, my, my San Francisco. I don't think Carolina is bad <laughs> at all. Uh, I think they just ran into uh, arguably the best team in the NFL. Um, and how that I know. So learn and adjust. Uh, this game was, you know, that game is not representative of how bad Carolina is. It's just representative of how good and how overlooked San Francisco has been. So, uh, yeah, that's on me. I still, you know, still, still got to take the blame on that. But uh, I'm very surprised uh, at the result. And then I picked New England, New England over Cleveland. As much as I wanted Cleveland to win, not happening. Yeah, New England's got it. I picked Houston over Oakland. Uh, this one, I already gave like a strong case for Oakland to potentially win this. Uh, I really do believe Oakland is really turning it around. Like, and they actually scare me next week against Detroit. Um, and I think it was like the late game heroics of uh, you know, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that guy's a, that guy's a beast. Um, but I feel like Houston, uh, this game played out the way I kind of imagined it. Uh, close one at the end. Houston just happens to win the coin flip, or, you know, more or less. You know, it's, uh, you know, obviously, these games aren't coin flips. They actually have to work for the wins, but. Uh, I mean, overall, it was just kind of, I felt like a toss-up of who would win either way. So, uh, uh, I picked Houston correctly, correctly. And then, the other picks, the last two remaining, I picked Green Bay, sorry, I picked Kansas City over Green Bay. Uh, we all saw the game. Uh, the game probably could be a little bit closer. It was 31-24. Uh, I definitely was hoping Kansas City would have the offensive firepower. I believe they did. I think they did everything they needed to do to be in the game and potentially win. Uh, it's just Andy Reid. <laughs> uh, the coaching, uh, the time management, the fourth clock management, questionable coaching decisions towards the end of the game. Uh, even like not going for it on the fourth down or kicking it. It was just, I don't know, it's pretty passive. Uh, so uh, I probably should take that into consideration knowing that if this game's going to be pretty close, if it's a strong team. Uh, Kansas City actually probably doesn't win these as much, so uh, I definitely need to probably look up more analytics on that. But I'm just speaking from at least my recent, my recent knowledge base. So um, that was the wrong pick. Uh, again, the pick was probably closer than it should be, but I feel like I steered you guys wrong there, uh, especially knowing that I know now. And not that I didn't know, didn't know Andy Reid's um, some you know, he, his his weaknesses do tend to cost him games despite the team playing phenomenally. Uh, I should have seen that one. So that's on me. Then last game, I picked Pittsburgh over Miami. I think everyone did. Uh, actually, like 3% of the folks in uh, Yahoo picked Miami. So there you have it. My 10 correct picks, my 5 losses. Uh, one, two, two of them, I can say they're easy coin flips. Uh, they could have gone either way. Have 12 wins with the, with the Chargers and the uh, in the Tampa game, and the other three. Well, Kansas City just a misfire. Um, Philadelphia that was a misread on me, and San Francisco was just completely under. Like, that, that game was just an anomaly. You can't say an anomaly like that could be a baseline. Like that was probably San Francisco's coming out game too. Um, but I'm pretty happy overall with the results. Uh, I've been moved up total for the season, 71 points. My overall record is 71 and 49. 
pretty excited that I'm seeing continual improvements week over week. Hopefully you guys are doing your pickups as well. Uh, and some of you, I've already mentioned this, uh, depending on who I pick, and especially for the underdog picks, uh, I definitely like to pay attention to the spreads and the over and unders, uh, because uh, generally I'm noticing more of the underdogs I pick, they tend to, keep the, they tend to uh, cover the spread. So, uh, obviously it's a small sample size, but in case you want to learn from, like, adjust after, like, my pick, you can adjust your own and figure out what works for you. Uh, but all I can do is just offer you, offer you guys my, or, you know, tell you guys what I think, what I see, uh, and my confidence level in each game. So, uh, and, and then hopefully let the results pour. So, uh, that's it for week eight, guys. Uh, I'm super excited for week nine. We're so excited that we're going to jump straight into anti-power rankings week nine. If you're unfamiliar with the anti-power rankings, anti-power rankings are just my way of saying, screw regular power rankings. Everyone's talking about the best teams in the NFL. I want to talk about the worst teams in the NFL, what they're doing to try to climb themselves out of their holes. Uh, overall, give an analysis of where I feel like the teams are at relative to their records, relative to how they're playing recently, relative to just overall how they play on the field. And some of the, and I and I can't I can't stress this enough. This is strictly for entertainment. Uh, I'm not a professional sports analyst, though it's starting to trend that way. The more I dive into this, because I I find this stuff really fascinating. But uh, and a quick little shout out before I keep going on. If you work in the gambling space, I did. I'm pretty familiar with sports betting, and I love analytics and numbers. Definitely spending more time looking into databases and uh, in the sports uh, SQL stuff too. So if you ever need me or whatever to offer picks and go through the data with that stuff down the road, hey, sh uh, shout out, give me a shout out. I'll be more than happy to do some work, uh, probably even pro bono, just to get more of that legitimate experience. Um, but gotta be honest with you, I'm only gonna do it a couple times for free because, well, I still do this stuff myself and I'm pretty profitable, so it doesn't make sense for me to work for free when I'm already bi bi viably uh, profitable, if that makes sense. Self-pimping and self-promo aside, okay. I classified the top 10, and technically 15, uh, teams uh, into different tiers. And each tier represents kind of, uh, it's a reflection of saying, hey, like, despite you being in the bottom 10 teams, it doesn't mean that number 10 team is trash, okay? Or I should say top 10 anti-power ranking teams. Uh, the goal, obviously, if you're a better team, is to not show up on these. But I want to bring context to where these teams land and stand because I don't think many websites or many other, you know, many other sites online uh, actually discusses these types of uh, teams uh, thoroughly. Not to say I know everything and everything about these teams. Uh, to be honest with you, I've only watched uh, probably about 75% of uh, these teams play. I take the back. I've watched every team play, but I, I, on a, any given week, I see about 75% of the film of, of, of these teams. So there, there are going to be some misses, and I can't stress this enough. You know, I'm not omnipotent. I have to work with what I have. Obviously, my NFC North uh, chops are going to be there because my team's the Lions. So I know a lot about the NFC North. I know about a few other teams that have caught my eye. And let's just dive straight in. So... Number one through number three, uh, I used to have five teams here, but I ha I've had to update 
uh, my tier list, uh, the top three anti-power ranking teams are now in what I put the red tier, which means tank mode, okay? These are the teams that are just fighting to lose or find ways to lose no matter what. Uh, we are in the midpoint of the season, and, you know, as much as I wanted to hope that for some of these teams that they can improve and whatnot, um, last week was probably the first week where every team that that made sense to win did actually start winning, and all the teams that were kind of questionably close were the for the coin flips, and there weren't too many redonkulous upsets that we, that we were hoping for. So uh, at this point, we should have a good idea of what these teams are and what they're made of, and looking forward, we, ca we should have a better idea of what their end goals are. So, these top three anti-power ranking teams are the cream of the crop. Number one, the Dolphins, debuting at number one since the inception of the anti-power rankings. They have held firm every single week. Number one, number one, number one, number one. And they upgraded the tier from light pink to red, full tank mode. You guys saw the game Monday night. You guys saw they were out 14. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers did their thing. But the the one play where they were up 14-0 and they did a full-out blitz. And I think um, it was like a slant pass, like no safety or whatever. You know, it was just, it was just a terrible defensive play. Um, let's face resident for a touchdown. Um, that kind of flipped the script of the whole game. And that's what people attribute to, like, how the game changed, how the momentum changed. And... Uh, you know, Miami, uh, I mean, you scored 14 points, and it seems like you can score, like, once or twice a game early. But I don't know if your team does f full play calling. I don't know if the team spends time uh, trying to lose games. And that's a terrible thing to say when you're thinking about it. Like, these, these people are competitors. And, uh, and I don't think anyone on this Miami team really wants to lose because <laughs> chances are they're going to be on an 0-16 team. They're going to be a stat like three years from now that says, oh, did you know only two people left from the 0-16 team? Uh, they're still around. Like, you know, I don't want I don't want those guys to be like treated like that. Because people work their asses off. So, um, but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is in the real world, especially in football where results are the only thing that matter. Miami, number one, you have completely earned this spot. I believe you're going to go full tank, full tank mode. Uh, depending on a couple weeks, depending on where you're at, maybe weeks between 14 and 16, you might sneak out a win to avoid going 0-16. Uh, but I don't think uh, at this point Miami's looking for the playoffs. I don't think they've ever looked at the playoffs, to be honest with you. And I, I just don't see them being competitive in full four quarters in, in any game. And it would, they, they're just not going to win against any team uh, I just can't see them winning against any team that's not in the tank mode tier. And we've already seen it. They've already lost to Washington. So it's, you know, Miami is just going to keep losing. Uh, there's, there's no way around it. Like they, they're, they're just dedicated. I've never seen a team so dedicated to, to not winning. It blows my mind. Number two, Cincinnati Bengals. This is really a surprise for you guys. The Bengals have been uh, have been holding firm at number two for the last three weeks. They just don't win the offensive firepower of Andy Dalton. I still don't think he's atrocious. I think he's probably playing mediocre. Uh, I, 
Honestly, I don't watch all the games. I just know they keep not they just keep not scoring points. Uh, the games that I do watch, it seems like Amy Dalton is trying to make plays, but it doesn't seem like his either it doesn't seem like his receivers aren't really following the routes. It seems like the throws he's making are on point, but they're not anywhere near like his receivers. And that makes sense. Uh, I don't know if it's a coaching thing. I don't know if like the offensive playing calling is more vanilla. Uh, it just seems like the selection, like the route running, and the play calling uh, aren't being matched with Andy, Andy Dalton's abilities. And it's starting to become pretty apparent, at least to me. And uh, it's it sucks, to be, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I know Andy Dalton, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Dalton line, but uh, he's certainly playing at like the mode of like an average quarterback, maybe a little bit beneath it right now. Um, but I don't, I don't think he deserves a lot of the flack that he's been getting. Just my two cents. I mean, they did lose 24 to 10 against the Rams, uh, and you know this Rams team is not the strongest Rams team at the moment. But uh, they still could have, should have scored more points. You know, if you want to be more competitive. But this team, we, we, at this point, we know what they are. They're a known commodity of just losing against any team that's probably going to be above them. And just so you know, I also base these rankings not just off of how they're playing, but the likelihood of them actually being a team that's ranked beneath them. Uh, I feel like that's a little bit neglected in regular power rankings. So the lower you are on here, the higher likelihood of you beating a team that's above you. Just keep that in mind. Number three, the Washington Redskins. So uh, these three teams uh, just continue to... Not surprise me, but equally surprise me with how bad they have been playing. Uh, I don't like to throw too much shade at like terrible teams, um, but I was just disappointed. Like I, I hope these teams perform. Like I just don't want an own 16 team. Uh, mainly for one, it's it's the Lions and Browns thing. Okay, Lions had our thing, but our but the Lions fans and Browns fans can can rejoice of mediocrity for after years of it. So. I feel like we, we, we understand, but like any other fan base, only uh, 16, get out of here. Just so you know, I'm only joking, I'm not taking this super seriously. But, uh, but Washington Redskins, last week, I believe they played, they played, it was a very uneventful game because I don't, it's not even showing up. Oh yeah, they played uh, the Vikings, I mentioned that earlier. Uh, the Washington Redskins defense seems to be solid, or, or has been playing solid the last few weeks. Uh, they've scored, uh, let's see, the last few games. Here's what they give it up. Against the terrible Dolphins, they won. They gave up 16 points against a unsuspecting um, 49er team. They lost, um, but they, scored, they, they allowed 9. And then they allowed 19 points against probably one of the hottest uh, Vikings teams, so hottest NFL teams. So uh, aside from the few early season losses where they were blown out by 30-30-30 like each game uh, it seems that their defense is starting to hold down Pat and this actually would be a very interesting game now looking looking towards the Bills um, which uh, I'm not going to spoil this but I kind of did already mention it uh, they have made they, they've made their debut this week so uh, definitely Bills probably talking about you soon uh, but Washington is, like I said, terrible tier. Uh, now that Miami just continues to lose, Washington might not 
care. Uh, they're probably just going to settle in for number two or number three pick. Seems like their eyes are set forward, but their defense is just playing well. Uh, so, yeah, it doesn't... Uh, actually, what's this? Uh, Redskins Williams ends his holdout. Offensive line ends his long holdout. Huh, I didn't know that. Well, so... It does seem like moving forward, their offensive firepower is going to be in, or at least more of their offensive. Yeah, their offensive power, firepower should be a little bit stronger, at least in the form of protection for Case Keenum. Uh, and I don't know if he's even starting. I should not get ahead of myself. Uh, I do, like I said, I do spend my time looking at these teams, but uh, he is questionable. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. What I have for Washington, uh, I don't think. I think they're on the very bottom echelon of the shit tier, like the complete like tank tier. Uh, I, I don't know. They're one and seven. They can theoretically probably still make the playoffs in the NFC. They still be tough, um, but uh, overall, I do expect them to to start performing and winning uh, fairly soon. To be honest with you. Um, but if not, I mean, this next week's gonna give like he's gonna let me know everything with the Bills. Uh, but. Uh, I hold a glimmer of hope. Number four, the Atlanta Falcons. What This Atlanta Falcons team is probably, uh, so you know, the team's number four and five, I put in the light pink, which means they're pretty terrible, but I don't think they're tanking. They're just bad. There's no question at this point. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, number four, I have that. I have them there. Matt Ryan, I think uh, he was injured, him being out. Matt Schwab quote-unquote lit it up against Seattle but when you're down I think what 20-0 or 21-0 or 27-0 you gotta look at the schedule again the you know all the points you scored is pretty much gonna be deemed as a garbage time okay we're not we're not idiots we, okay and yeah Seattle was up 24-0 at the half so Matt yeah, throws for 460 yards, one touchdown. So yeah, that and one interception, that's the like epitome of garbage time. Uh, this Atlanta team is just going nowhere fast. Uh, they're they are here's the thing, they're trying to win. Like I know they're trying to win. Like they're they're not even like questionably in tank mode. Uh, which which frustrates me. Uh, but they're just like I said, one tier beneath it seems like every other decent team or mediocre team in the NFL. Uh, which really sucks because we all know like Atlanta can be phenomenal, but they just haven't been performing at all. So they moved up from the five spot. So now they're number four. I was close to putting them in a tank mode, and that's certainly not out of the question. Uh, but we'll we'll see how this, what the season holds for them. Uh, it seems like that team's mentality they they still are fairly competitive. Like it's clear that last game, despite the garbage time, that they wanted to put up a fight. So uh, that's you know that's something to take away too. Uh, especially if you're trying to look for the cover as well. Uh, they're going to compete and ruin the cover. They're going to cover the spread. Uh, that said, moving down to number five, I have the New York Jets uh, moving moving down a spot. Uh, they were number four. Uh, they moved down to number five because Atlanta well, just continues to uh, make me sad. But Atlanta, sorry, the Jets... The Jets lost uh, against Jacksonville, 15 to 29. Uh, this result isn't out of the ordinary. Uh, Darnold seems to be um, this adjusting back into the league. Uh, his first game back was caught us off by surprise, but I think teams have adjusted, or they're going to continue to adjust. And uh, I 
this team is what one in seven. I don't think this team's going really anywhere. Uh, they have more of like a recency bias than I'm probably going to give them. Uh, I do think the Jets can probably beat all the other four teams ranked above them. So uh, that's kind of the reason why I place them there. I don't think they can beat the teams that are beneath them, like like at all at this point, uh, knowing what we know now. But uh, I just feel that this is probably the most appropriate spot. And just uh, kind of spoilers, but like most of this top ten, uh, there aren't going to be too many movers and shakers, which kind of sucks on one end because we kind of expect the teams that aren't going to do well to continue to do that, and that's what they do. And the teams that are generally trying to still be in the hunt for the playoffs and try and do that, they're going to be kind of on the very bottom of this list. So that's generally why there's a little bit more movement. Uh, this season has been a little bit weird because it's pretty top-heavy and pretty bottom-heavy in like mediocrity. So... Uh, so a lot of the middle team, middle middle tier teams, uh, can really be placed anywhere, and you know between like the spots like 14 through like 10. So uh, going down to number six in my anti-power rankings, I have the Tampa Bay Bucks, and teams uh, ranked six through eight. I have them in orange tier, which means to me that they're playing pretty subpar. They could be doing better, I think they still could be fairly competitive um, the rest of the season. Uh, depends on... It, it's strictly more on coaching or, or just... Out, it's just tidying up a few things, and I think they can uh, squeak out a few more wins, and I think they're not completely trashed here. Yeah, number six, I have the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, Tampa, I really thought they were going to win their game against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they didn't. Uh, I know I had Tennessee ranked number 10 and Tampa ranked 6 last week. And Tampa, I really thought they were going to squeak that out, but uh, at least for the pick'em, because they have that dynamic factor. But Tennessee just uh, it just stays around in games. They won 27-23 last week, and Tampa had more than plenty of opportunities. But you know, when you're not that great of a team, you're going to keep making those mistakes. And as much as I hope for them to to start correcting those mistakes, uh, they haven't. So it's a bummer because the score, honestly, I felt like this game could have easily gone. Could have been like a 30 to 14 game in Tampa Bay's favor. Uh, but uh, it is what it is at the end of the day. Uh, the teams, if they show up, you know, you're only as good as your latest performance. It's kind of a bit of a cliche, but it's also a little bit true to an extent. So Tampa, you, you stay at number six, uh, strictly mainly due to the fact that I don't think you're worse than the teams above you. And yeah, I, honestly, that's what it boils down to. Uh, Winston, I think he had like three turnovers, like one interception, two fumbles, or something like that. Uh, but I want to double check. I'm going to look at the stats. So last game, he last game he had three touchdowns, one interception. Nope, no, no, two touchdowns, two interceptions. So, and I think a fumble. He can't be turned the ball over that many times. So, uh, yeah. I think the team itself is playing a little bit better. I know I'm focusing a little bit on the quarterback, but when he is the more or less the reason why they lost the game, uh, that you know that that's telling. So, number seven, I have the New York Giants. This is looking very similar compared to last week, uh, mainly because the Giants uh, underperformed as usual against the Detroit Lions. Uh, I shouldn't say underperformed; they performed as uh, kind of how I thought they would. Uh, I thought Detroit was gonna. Beat them by like 15 points, 
Uh, they should have won by 12 points, and then they gave up that garbage touchdown, uh, which which made me lose the spread. It's like I had that I had that perfect pick. I thought that was like I, I love making a pick that's like a Jedi mind trick, like Sharingan Naruto crap style. Like I knew how that was going to play out, but then they got that garbage touchdown at the very end. Ugh, killing the spread. Uh, that's kind of the reason why I placed them as number seven. I didn't move them up or move them down. They're good enough to destroy spreads, apparently, and they're bad enough to not win games. And that's kind of what uh, the epitome of mediocrity is, I guess. Just always disappointing. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Uh, I, thought that was, I thought that was pretty good to myself. I thought that was pretty good. But uh, the Giants... Uh, Daniel Jones is... He's working himself in the league. I mean, he, he's a rookie. I yeah, he's a rookie. He's he's being groomed. He's gonna have to go through these hard hardships. Um, they're they're gonna be they'll be fine with him, I believe. But um, in the meantime, they're just not performing. Uh, they're not performing well. Uh, I think they're appropriately placed, in my opinion, compared to the other teams in the NFL or compared to the teams above them. So let's move on to number eight. Number eight, I have, which I love this pick, is the. Chicago Bears. I felt I feel so good to put the Bears in my orange tier. I dropped I dropped them down from like a questionable tier to like straight up mediocre. They moved up moved up three spots this week uh, from 11 to number eight, and they continue to just impress me with how much they don't want to win. This was a very winnable game that they had against the Chargers. Uh, last week, I actually had Chicago above the Chargers, uh, albeit slightly. And I just don't trust. Uh, I, I just don't trust the Bears as much as I want to, even though they're probably the NFC North uh, when it comes to just disappointing finishes every season. Chicago just tends to do this thing where they start out strong and then they just shit them. You know? uh, so uh, the, the season, I wasn't expecting anything different, and I'm very very glad I've been putting them increasingly down every week over week. Uh, so uh, that's also the NFC North rivalry part of the talk. So if you're a Chicago fan, I'm actually I feel kind of bad. I mean, it's probably the first thing you guys want to hear. No minds can't feel bad for Chicago fan. You don't want that game. But you're going to take it. Um, but overall, Chicago, uh, I feel like this team, uh, especially with Mr. Newski, uh, a lot of people were tight hyping him up, talking about him, like he's the next great quarterback. Uh, I get it if you're looking at it on paper, but when I watch him play, it's not that he plays terribly. It's just I just don't see how he's different than the other like bottom 15 quarterbacks in the league that have jobs. Uh, so uh, he might have some flashes, but I haven't seen enough of the flashes for me to say he's good, bad, or if he's ever going to change. Uh, he's still pretty young. I mean... Even uh, Jameis Winston, uh, he, we all kind of know who he is. It's just he's a gunslinger, dynamic quarterback, but he's going to give you a lot of turnovers. Uh, it's honestly for him, it's just limiting those turnovers, and Tampa will probably turn the season around. Uh, it just seems absurd. Um, but, you know, I can't say the same thing with Trubisky, is that he just seems more of the middle of the road. I don't see too much dynamic plays, too many dynamic plays, I should say. Uh, I certainly can influence a game. I've seen that, but it's just not something that I've seen uh, convincingly and quite enough for me to actually take the, take them seriously long term, especially throughout the season. So Chicago Bears, uh, I know your defense is, is, has been pretty stout, 
uh, for a while now. But let's see. The last few games you've had, let's just take a look. Uh, you gave up 36 to the Saints, 24 to the Raiders, 31 to the Skins. Oh, wait, no. 15 to the Skins. Okay, 14. So overall, I mean, you're not terrible. You've had that one game against the Saints. Um, the Eagles matchup should be a very interesting one uh, this week. But, uh, yeah, the Bears, I don't, I don't see them going past. Going past that. Uh, number nine, uh, I have stayed is at Denver, the Broncos. Uh, the reason why is, like, I know they lost, uh, but it seems like the last few games and all the games they've lost, uh, they lost within one possession, or, like, within two or three points. And this week is no different. Uh, Denver is certainly an underperforming team, but, sorry, uh, let me take it back. Offensively, they're underperforming. As a team, they are, they're, they're pretty sneaky. They're honestly, almost feel like they're almost the same as the Bills, except Denver's on the losing end of these games. So... I can't put Denver any... I think Denver smashed Chicago for one, so there's no way I'm putting them above Chicago in the rankings. Uh, the teams, this FYI, teams 9 through 13. I'm going to go over the top 10, like, in detail. But uh, teams 9 or nine to 13 are teams I, I have marked as uh, decent or maybe, like, being overlooked at some point. Or maybe they're kind of... It could just be a limbo. But they're teams that I think that they should have some respect, like, any given week. Um, but... You know, don't don't treat them as like schmucks, like on paper. So yeah, Denver have number nine with that. Uh, Joe Flacco like voices concerns about the offense and like the play calling and all that uh, this week, and it seems like the locker room <laughs> in there agrees. So uh, that's going to be pretty interesting to see if they're going to change things up. Uh, I refuse to put Denver up below nine, uh, or sorry, above nine, unless things change uh, dramatically. So we're moving on to number ten. Uh, running out this list, and they moved down two spots, so they're, they're working their way back up, or out, is the L.A. Chargers. So they had a very overwhelming victory against the Bears, and they more or less switched spots, uh, and it's... I don't watch the game completely. It, it just seemed like the game was just going to be terrible regardless, and I was not disappointed. Uh, I can't give Chargers too many props. I mean, they still have a losing season. They figured out how to not lose. It's, I'm going to keep it there. I don't have too much to say. Uh, I, I, just, I just think they're a, a decently solid team that just doesn't have all the pieces together, like on any given Sunday. Um, reminds me a lot of the uh, the Lions years with Caldwell. They're pretty much most of the Lions years, but they seem like they have potential. That's where the Chargers feel like right now. They also do this thing where they tend to search at the end of the season, so uh, there's a reason why I put them in every time. Uh, just FYI, uh, any team nine or better, or above, I guess, like nine through 16. Uh, these teams, like I said, I do expect them to at least have a few more wins at some point, and I don't think they're like trash. Like, they're actually respectable to, you know, to some extent. So, one, Miami. Two, Cincinnati. Three, Washington. Four, Atlanta. Five, New York Jets. Six, Tampa. Seven, New York Giants. Eight, Chicago. Nine, Denver. Ten, the Chargers. Those are your top ten. Uh, teams 11 through 15, I'll just quick skim that. It, or they're going to be 11 is Tennessee. They're kind of middle of the road. They, they, moved, they, moved, uh, they moved down a spot last week. Uh, they're, just, they're just a whelming team. They, they won't middle of the road. They're not going to win you games. They're not going to lose you games. Um, they'll beat you if you shoot yourself in the foot. That's kind of what I see with Tennessee. Uh, so number 11. Uh, number 12, I have the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they moved up from 13. 
and honestly, I'm, I wanted to place them a little bit higher. Uh, I really, really like the Browns, but looking through this and I'm seeing week by week, I feel like Cleveland could be beat, like definitively beat every team ranked above them and not even questionably. Like, I just feel like they're at that tier or at that level to where they know how to win against teams that don't know how to win. That Like, that's where they're at. Uh, so I have them at 12 there. Uh, even though they're two and four, like I said, there's just a lot of terrible teams out there. I just think Cleveland, you know, we see the talent. We see the ability. We see the flashes. Like, they could have won against the Patriots. Uh, had an event for those three turno- those three back-to-back turnovers. And the, you know, those turnovers do matter. Like, they, they cost points. Um, but they got to limit those. Like, you, you eliminate those three mistakes, those three key mistakes. And we're, and we could be looking at a, could have been looking at a Cleveland upset or the possibility of like a legit one. So, uh, you know, it's not really anything too ridiculous you know, with that statement, I, I don't believe. Uh, number 13, I have Arizona. The Cardinals, they, they lost last week. Uh, I do have a lot of faith in them. I think they faced uh, probably one of the stronger teams against the Saints. They held their own for the first half, and I've mentioned this before. Uh, they, they just got to put four, four quarters together. Uh, it seems like they're able to do that against weaker teams. And uh, even though they have them like one spot better than Cleveland, I think those two are probably like in the same echelon of like quality, like the team quality at the moment. So uh, considering I, I had Arizona like ranked terribly at some point this season, and, I, and uh, I don't know, they, they continue to impress and uh, – prove me wrong, uh, especially earlier on, especially when they started winning. Uh, but yeah, I definitely want to give them like their respect and give them like their praise for not just the flashes that they've shown during their losing times, but their consistency to stick with their game plan and just do what they need to do on the games that they've been winning recently. And they held their own for the first half uh, against the, the Saints. So I think that's a good barometer for them to figure out where, where they stand in the league. And I, I think this is pretty accurate. Uh, number 14, uh, Buffalo, yes, debuting the 5-2 and two Buffalo team. I have 14. I've been saying this all season. I just don't believe that Buffalo's real. I believe their defense is great, but uh, their offensive is it, offense is a complete liability. Uh, the moment that if you face, if the moment they face a team that doesn't make many mistakes, uh, they lose. They will lose once the other team scores 14 points. That's just how I've seen it, and uh, once they face better teams that don't make those mistakes, they're going to be losing 13, you know, whatever points to 13, whatever points to 10, whatever points to maybe 16. Uh, but Buffalo just doesn't have it offensively, and I know they have an easier schedule, and I think there's, I think their record's going to be inflated, but against Philadelphia, I mean, that that was pretty much the biggest, I don't know, they were exposed. It, it, it was just, it, it was ridiculous, so... Uh, Buffalo, you're debuting at 14, and uh, there's nothing more to be said. The teams that have 14 and above are pretty much teams that are probably going to be good, or at least I'm ranking as good for now, uh, and that they can they can compete. Uh, but like I said, I want to bring context. Number 15, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. They moved down three spots after walloping Buffalo. It makes sense too, uh, and this isn't. I don't think it's a hyper react reaction. Um, to put the team that recently beat them above the team that lost. Uh, some people, I can definitely see the argument where, um, you know, Buffalo magically appears. It's like, no, I've always thought Buffalo was terrible. Okay, not terrible, but they're, as a team as a whole, they're not that great, and despite one one very dynamic, um, one very dynamic side of the spectrum for them, which is your defense. 
Uh, but yeah, Philadelphia seems like once once and company started to get back to the groove of things, uh, they just played really well against a like a strong Bills team. Uh, I'm gonna double check this though. I don't want to start speaking and then be completely wrong. Yeah, they. Yeah, they beat 31-13. So, again, Buffalo didn't do anything to impress me offensively, defensively. When you give up 31 points, I already told you when you don't make too many mistakes, uh, Buffalo is pretty much harmless. So, uh, Philadelphia, you certainly worked your way out. Yeah, it seemed, it seemed, yeah, it seemed pretty nervous for a minute, but I think you're starting to get back into form. And then 16 for tracking second half Oakland. I, I don't think they're as terrible as you think, but uh, they're kind of in limbo for now for me. So there you have it, guys. Top 15, or top 10 anti-power rankings. But the anti-power rankings, done for you. Hope you guys enjoy that. Now it's time to talk picks, baby. NFL picks. So for week nine NFL picks, on Yahoo, what they do is they show the favorite first against the underdog. This is different from what most of us normally see, which is home and away. Wanted to make that clear in case you might be looking at a schedule, which you shouldn't be because you should be sleeping. Go to sleep, guys. Anyways, looking at week nine. Week nine, there are 14 games uh, this week. So uh, I'm just going to start Thursday night. I'm going to release this as soon as I can. Uh... And first week, and this, this is the biggest reason why, too, is uh, I like these pickums. Because I can use my, uh, my power rankings, anti-power rankings, to figure out some of these. So I have San Francisco as a favorite versus the underdog Arizona Cardinals. I do think Arizona has a legitimate shot at uh, competing. I say competing. Um, but uh, the, I think Arizona's offensive prowess is actually uh, underrated. I don't think people expect that. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than what people say, but uh, I'm not going to overhype Arizona too much because San Francisco continues to just dominate. So I'm picking, picking San Fran to win. Uh, I have probably about 80% confidence there. So, uh, you know, I, I would say they win like 80% of the time, uh, even though it's at, it's at Arizona. Uh, the next game, uh, the favorite is Houston against the underdog Jacksonville. I'm picking Jacksonville to win this one, uh, mainly due because uh, I think what J.J. Watts injured for one. Uh, Houston, uh, I I know they compete with most games, but I feel like Houston and Jacksonville are almost in the same tier. I know Houston has the offensive fire, firepower, and Jacksonville has pretty decent defense. I think it's going to be a closer matchup than what most people expect. Uh, 74% of Yahoo is picking Houston, despite the opening line of being 1.5 in Houston's favor. So. I'm definitely taking Houston, or sorry, I'm definitely taking Jacksonville. In this this one as the underdog. The next game, I'm saying this out loud. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying this out loud to myself explicitly, specifically because uh, the favorite is at Buffalo against Washington. Washington has two percent chance. Uh, sorry, two percent picks. Two percent of picks compared to Buffalo on Yahoo. The spread on this game is 9.5 points. You guys already know how I feel about Buffalo, and I've been talking a little bit about Washington, too. I think Buffalo wins this about 65% of the time. I'm fairly confident in this Buffalo pick, but I probably will pick a Washington as an underdog pick, as an upset pick, because I already said this before. Uh, if 
Buffalo tends to make most of their points off of defense and, and mistakes um, from the other team. Uh, Washington does seem to be competing. Their new offensive linemen, or sorry, their offensive linemen is no longer hold, or is no longer holding out. So I think Case Keenum do, will have a little bit more uh, time to progress and make plays. Or, yeah, and I think this game is going to be insanely close. Uh, this probably might go down to a final possession. There's no way I, I can fathom Buffalo uh, winning by more than by more than like a touchdown. Uh, so uh, that completely like just demolishes the spread that's been given. I think Washington does have their fair shake. I wouldn't. I would not hate anyone for picking Washington on this one. I am kind of close to picking Washington, but I'm I'm, I'm going to stick with what's been working for the last few weeks and not overthink. Um, I'll let I'll let my I'll let me picking the spreads um, deal with the overthinking. So, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm picking Buffalo. The next game I have is Kansas City versus Minnesota. This is at Kansas City, and they're the favorites. Uh, Minnesota is picked by 46% of the people. Uh, this is going to be something that's interesting because uh, Minnesota, oh, I think it's an even because it says off, but Minnesota, uh, despite it being away, uh, Kirk Cousins was still phenomenal last week. He's just been on fire. I don't think he's no longer, I, I think he's, I think he's just going to light it up the rest of the season. He did this after his You Like That game. Uh, Washington like week seven and he's been doing this since week four this year since this team sorry since week five or whatever since this team like lit a fire underneath him so uh, Minnesota is an incredibly scary team right now there are probably only like three teams that I think that can beat Minnesota and that's probably like San Francisco Seattle and New England those are the only teams that I think are probably hotter than Minnesota I'm um, picking Minnesota even though they're a quote-unquote underdog uh, mainly because I'm sticking with the logic last time. You know, Kirk's been proving me wrong, but Kansas City and Andy Reid, you haven't proven me wrong for, for, for years. And that's, that's when it comes down to close games. Uh, Kansas City just keeps giving it up. They just don't know how to figure it out, how to close out games and how to shut them out. This is going to be a close one. I think Minnesota wins this 55% of the time. I'm taking them. Um, despite, being, despite them being the underdog, I, they just went flat out. Um, I can't not pick them. This next game is an interesting one. I have the New York Jets versus the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they're playing at Miami, and this is this is ridiculous. 25% of the people are picking Miami to win. This is a very winnable game. Uh, and honestly, I probably needed to spend more time. And I say it now because I'm, I'm going to stick with this pick. Um, need more time to look at potential uh, first pick draft like scenarios here. Uh, because if Miami thinks they can win and somehow keeps the number one spot, they probably will try to win this game, uh, which is a stupid thing to even consider, but like you've seen it last week, so uh, I think this is a very winnable game for Miami. Uh, I, don't, I, mean, I don't feel comfortable picking them in the, in the pick'ems because everything that every win matters here. So I think Miami wins this 45% of the time. This is almost a 50-50, like how I'm seeing it. Uh, the New York Jets, as uh, for Sam Darnold, this should be an easier game for him. Uh, he might be able to light it up and get the, get a feel for what, I guess, I don't want to say easy mode is like, but um, non-competitive mode. I think they get the win. I think this game's going to be closer than a lot of people suspect. Um, but I just don't have faith in Miami winning. 
uh, especially if they're, if they're going full tank mode. But this is probably the week that they can win. And they might have a few more of these coming up, so I might be saying that a lot. I should look at the full schedule. But not today, guys. I'm picking the Jets over Miami. Uh, next game, I'm picking the favorite Philadelphia Eagles over Chicago. Uh, the Eagles, I already... I think I, they finally left my anti-power ranking matchup. Uh, yeah, they're not even... In, they're not even on my radar anymore. Just kidding, they're number 15. Uh, so, compared to the number 18 I have in Chicago, uh, there are two different tiers apart, and I just have no faith in Chicago winning against uh, good-looking teams now. And Philadelphia showed themselves to be a good-looking team. Uh, I'm sticking with that. I'm not going to overthink it. I also think Chicago's terrible, so that also helps. Next team, next game. Uh, this is the favorite at Pittsburgh, who I'm picking against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Colts have been playing pretty uh, stellar football as a whole. Uh, unfortunately, I just think Pittsburgh is going to... They've been heating up uh, after starting slow. I think they've won the last few games. Uh, I think they're like 3-1 uh, against decent teams. So I'm going to pull the Pittsburgh schedule up right now. So please bear with me or fall asleep. Yeah, because they played the Monday night game. So the last few weeks, they beat a very sad Bengals team. Uh, they lost a close one with the Ravens. We all saw that. That was actually a bummer. Um, they beat uh, down, kind of a downturning Chargers team, and they, after a slow start, they shellacked the Dolphins. So they're ready. They're playing at the level to where they're beating terrible teams now, and they're probably testing themselves to beat stronger teams. This is at home. Indianapolis, I don't think they're... I don't think they're like a Super Bowl caliber team, but I think they're building something. Um, this is going to be a tough game. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Pittsburgh is picked by 28% of the folk. So this is actually, despite them being a favorite, this has to be a narrow favorite. Yeah, they're a one-point favorite uh, against, the, against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I, I, think, I think this game is going to be a really, a really good one, a uh, very interesting one. I think Pittsburgh edges this one out. Uh, I think this is probably, they win like 45% of the time. And I know I should probably pick Indianapolis because they win a majority of the time. But uh, I'm sticking with the any given Sunday portion. Uh, despite them being a quote-unquote favorite, uh, Indy looks like it's they're actually probably a, a legit favorite. Uh, but I'm sticking with Pittsburgh in this one. Uh, not super confident, but I believe, I, I just believe in the team and how they're trending. Those are the, those are the biggest reasons why. Uh, for the next game, uh, the we're still, at the, we're still at the 10 a.m. games. That's crazy. Uh, I'm picking Carolina at Carolina over Tennessee. Uh, I just think Carolina's stronger. I know it's a divisional matchup, and depending on the, the point favorite, that's four points. Eh. If it was like six, I would definitely take the cover. But uh, Carolina is picked by 87% of the people on Yahoo. Uh, Tennessee, I, I told you, just doesn't make too many mistakes. They just kind of exist. That's not going to be enough against Carolina. Uh, that's that's it. Uh, Carolina's just been on a roll, especially with Christian McCaffrey. He doesn't seem to be making mistakes. I think he's just going to go to town. No questions here. Um, I feel like 80% Carolina wins this. The other 20% is t Tennessee being a legitimate rival and just playing up to their level, um, which is possible, but 20% of the time I think that happens. Um, the other 80%, I'm sticking with Carolina. That's what I'm doing with today. This next one is an interesting one. At Oakland is the favorite against... Detroit. I'm picking, of course, the Detroit Lions. And if you're, I've been pretty much picking them every week 
because I believe they can win every week, and we, we saw most of the games, uh, with the exception of the Minnesota Vikings games, Vikings game where they legitimately lost. Um, Detroit is 3-3-1, and one, uh, which makes all of my picks perfectly balanced. But um, they're facing an equally strong, in my opinion, uh, Oakland team. Oakland is barely on my anti-power rankings. I have them in 16, and that's just for me to track anything. There's not even much to talk about. Um, and they, if I had to put a 17th team on, it probably would be Detroit. Um, they're always above the cusp now of being this. They're slightly above average. Lions are playing slightly above average. Uh, I watch the games. They are actually playing, like, on paper, they're playing slightly above average. I think in the eye test, I think they're playing phenomenally. Uh, and I think Oakland is a little bit kind of in the same boat. I think on paper they don't look as great, but watching them play, it's uh, it's definitely hit or miss. They're not as consistent as Detroit, but they both are equally capable, in, in my opinion. I definitely think Detroit has that extra level up, uh, more of the talent pool going for them, and I am trusting Patricia's coaching and scheming over Oakland, I don't know, over like Gruden's... I don't know, Gruden's pretty tough. His teams are pretty tough, so... Uh, I think Detroit wins this one like 55% of the time. Uh, I want them to, I want to have more confidence in them, but I got to stick. I'm sticking with my gut. And according to Yahoo, it's pretty much split. It's 50-50 on this team. I think Oakland only has like a one-point favorite because they're a two-point favorite because they're at home. This is this is a toss-up, guys. Um, but I'm picking Detroit. If Detroit loses, I'm not going to say like, you know, depending on the result, I can't be like, this is on me. You guys... If you have to make a pick I'm picking Detroit. I don't fault you for picking Oakland. Uh, and then, uh, next game, it's at Seattle. It's a favorite versus Tampa. I just trust Seattle. Seattle just destroyed Atlanta last week. I feel like it's going to happen again against Tampa. Uh, Tampa can score, out, can score, but I think Seattle's defense is a little bit strong. And even if their defense doesn't hold, uh, Russell Wilson has just been playing otherworldly. Other it's just not, it's not even a joke. Uh, it's stupid. This is MVP stupid. So I'm gonna pick in Seattle. Uh, next game, I have the favorite Cleveland Browns against the Denver Broncos. Uh, this is a very interesting matchup because Denver is equally confused. Like Denver has no offense and they have no idea what they're doing. Versus Cleveland, they feel like they have everything involved with their offense, their whole team, but they don't know how the pieces fit together. So these are just gonna be two teams that that don't really understand what the hell who they are still like they kind of have an idea of who they are but they're just not performing and they know it this is not even a confidence thing it's just trying to figure their stuff out this game is a complete toss-up um picking cleveland only because cleveland has shown to win a couple of these close games and they do show up against better teams uh denver if denver does show up i expect cleveland to kind of come back and punch him in the mouth uh denver I, doesn't seem like they make too many mistakes but cleveland is willing to be riskier so, it, honestly, it's just rolling the dice. Um, picking Cleveland, this is another close matchup. I can't imagine the spread being more than, you know, three points. Cleveland is a three-point favorite. Uh, Den like I said, I mentioned Denver. Uh, despite some of their offensive woes uh, as a team, like their defense, it seems like their special teams, uh, they just don't win these close games. I think they, they, they have only lost all these close games by, like, a few points compared to the Bills. Uh, and that's why I almost treat them as if they're almost the same. Uh, you put Denver against Washington, I pick Denver every day of the week. You know, but, but you put Buffalo against Cleveland, I'm picking Cleveland. So, I mean, against Denver and Cleveland, I have to pick De Cleveland. Um, they got the edge. So, uh, I don't... That, that's it. I think they win 55% of the time. There's nothing 
nothing else to be said there. Uh, next game, uh, afternoon Sunday game, is Green Bay. I'm picking them over the Chargers. If the Chargers are going to show up, this is their week. Um, but I highly doubt it because Green Bay has just been on a tear. Yeah, I, it sucks for me. <laughs> Rodgers knows what they're doing. The whole team knows what they're doing. Uh, they're spooky, like legit spooky. So I can't, I can't not pick uh, against that. Uh, the next team uh, favorite is New England against Baltimore. Uh, I'm going to pick New England the rest of the season until they lose. They're just, um, I just can't go against them. How many times have we all thought they're going to lose or be terrible, and then they just prove us wrong? They've been doing this for so many years. You know, they even against the spread, they've been like eighty, like seventy-five percent against the spread. So they just win. They, if they win, they win. Like there's nothing more to be said. Uh, and then the Monday night game, I'm um, picking Dallas uh, against the Giants at home, who are, who are at home. I think this game is going to be a little bit closer than what people imagine. Uh, I would not fault you, and I say this right now, I would not fault you if you pick the Giants, uh, strictly due to the fact that this is a, a divisional game on primetime. This could be a shellacking, but I feel like, especially these types of games, these nitty-gritty games, it's going to be a lot closer. Uh, the Giants are going to play closer to, the, to their potential, uh, and Dallas is probably going to think it's going to be easy. So uh, this could be a sleeper one, but I'm picking Dallas regardless. Uh, if the Giants come in and win, you're probably going to hear me next week and say, well, I'm, I told you, but I still didn't do it. But uh, I ha I'm playing the odds here. I think Dallas wins this 60% of the time uh, in, in this particular scenario. I think if it was not at home and not on prime time, I think that Dallas probably wins 75% of the time. Uh, but with these factors, I think if New York actually has a good start and they jump out strong, uh, Dallas could feel very nervous, like, overall, so... Uh, I'm picking Dallas, but I'm not super comfortable with this one. I'm like only 60-65% sure. Uh, so there you have it, guys. The picks. San Francisco is the favorite. Jacksonville, underdog. Buffalo is a favorite. Well, I guess I'm not that confident. Uh, Minnesota as the underdog. I'm pretty confident in this one, or at least towards the end of the game. Uh, I'm picking the Jets. It's a favorite. Philadelphia is a favorite. Pittsburgh is a favorite. Carolina is a favorite. Detroit as the underdog. Seattle as a favorite. Cleveland as a favorite. Green Bay as a favorite. New England as a favorite. And Dallas as a favorite. Which means I only have three underdog picks this week. And I'm feeling pretty good about these underdog picks. Um, but, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to play the odds here long term. I wish I could tell you what's going to happen, but I feel like a lot of these games are going to be coin flips at the very end. Uh, like I said, the Buffalo-Washington could easily be a coin flip. The New York-Miami could be a coin flip. The Dallas-Giants game could be a coin flip. Uh, Cleveland-Denver, I know it's going to be a coin flip. So I'm just picking the favorites on this only because they've shown uh, more success uh, in recent history. So if I'm wrong on those ones, um, I, they, I better be wrong because at the end of the game, usually some shenanigans happens or it's just it comes down to a last possession. Uh, those ones are making me feel a lot better because it means like I'm pretty <clears throat> I'm pretty close with like with my logic, which is sometimes uh, you know n nothing in life's guaranteed in either of these games. So you guys have it. Woo, woo. I feel like I'm just running through this, and I still have the last, my favorite part, too. Every part's my favorite. What am I talking about? The upset NFL picks for week nine. So. So, upset, upset NFL picks. Uh, this is catered towards those who feel a little bit gutsy and want to put money on the line, uh, hit up Bovada or whatever sports book, and pick underdogs that I believe are 
are more likely to win than what the odds give. Uh, what I'd like to call this is like plus EV, it's the plus expected value. Uh, generally there are analytics and stuff that can figure this out uh, probably better than I could, like I'm not going to lie. But I've always had a very strong knack for calling out either uh, types of underdog teams that, could overperform, that can overperform on certain weeks. And now that I'm turning that into more gambling aspects of like betting and like for betting spreads, uh, um, so, you know, starting to become pretty, fairly successful, I should say. I say, can't say pretty successful, or else I'd be like a, a millionaire, but I'm not. Uh, but I, I think I'm on the right path of picking some of these, and hopefully I can help you guys long term over the season. Uh, so far, uh, the reason why I say over the season is because I pick um, underdog picks that give me a long term ROI that I believe. And the key here is long term. So feel free to look at this week by week and say, oh man, you were terrible or way off base. I'm happy with that. I'm fine with that. Because um, I want to get the ones that make sense, that could make me profitable, like I said, long term. So uh, some of these picks are going to be a little bit different. If I, if, I, if I think one's a good spot, the lines are in a good spot, they're probably going to be different than what I did for the pick'ems. Uh, because one is for, you know, one win for a pick'em is weighted equally compared to a win in gambling. Uh, one win can give me like four or five times the amount of what I bet. So, reviewing last week, I picked the Raiders. They were plus 230. They lost. Uh, they lost, I believe. Did they lose Big League? I don't know if that was Big League. But they lost. Uh, let me pull up the gate again. Yeah, Oakland lost uh, 27 24 in Houston on the final drive. Yeah. So, in theory, it was more of like a final drive thing for Oakland. If you were to tell me, you were to pay me $2.3 for every dollar I bet on a coin flip, okay? You're always going to keep doing the coin flip because long term you're going to keep winning. You're going to keep making more than losing. Uh, that's that's kind of where I want to get at, at these games. It's like I want to pick out spots to where these teams have legitimate shots to win. And maybe some spots to where they can actually win flat out and it's just keep up overlooked it and then uh, go from there. So... Raiders were a good example. They lost last week despite being plus 230 in a very close one. That's, that's one of the best scenarios I can hope for. The best scenario, obviously, is a victory. We're very close. We, get, we lost that, so we lost the one unit. Uh, one unit is, let's pretend it's a standard bet. So if you want to, you have like $100, one unit can be a dollar or $10 or whatever. Um, we, we lost there. Carolina was plus 200. But that one is probably the one that I've been the most off base out of. I'm super sorry. Oh man, I, th I feel so bad about that one because I thought this game was going to be closer. Um, I shouldn't have been the case. I, I really do pride myself in making these like really close picks. Uh, I don't like making underdog picks that are less than like say 150 plus. Uh, I mean, I could, but it doesn't seem like it's as uh, profitable. Even though it probably could be long term or even short term, uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't get doesn't get me excited. That's what I want. I want to get excited when I, when I do these things, do these picks, because I know long-term they're going to win. So, so far for the season, I am 4-11, which sounds terrible. Uh, but I'm only down uh, three units, which means if I did a single unit for each one, 4-11 would mean I'm down seven. But when you pick these underdogs to win, um, even winning two in a row uh, can, you know, put $2 in, you can win 5 or $7 back, in theory, you know. So, uh, I'm pretty... I'm pretty sad that Raiders didn't win, which made me 4-11 uh, for the season. But, uh, like I said, I can't let that stop because, I, like I said, I feel pretty good with most of these picks. It's just the Carolina one certainly got away from me. Uh, if you listen to all the other 
weeks as well. You can see which ones I've done, or listen to which ones I've done, and see how close you compare to that to some some of the games that might have been close and whatnot. Um, I think week seven I had Dolphins winning, and they were very close uh, until shenanigans happened, and they were plus 700. So um, again, I don't think I'm too far off. I'm pretty close in some of these. I know some of you are hoping for the exact ones. I'll get there, guys. Trust me. You don't you don't have to keep tailing every single single thing I do, but I like to I like to track this. I like to track these performances. So for week nine, week nine, uh, I'm pulling this up right now. Um, I usually take all my bets on Bovada, uh, and this is not anything to like tout or anything. And just say like, hey, it's Bovada. Here's what I use. If if you want to get new into this, I don't encourage it. Honestly, it's if you already have a gambling or poker background, then go ahead. But if if this is new to you and money is uh, like very important, and I mean that it like in the sense of saying like you literally need like a dollar to pay your bill, like, don't do this stuff. Okay, so uh, I focus on like the long-term plays, and I focus on a lot of small bets. Uh, that said, uh, what I do is I hop on Bovada, and I look at the NFL game lines right now. I'm doing it right now. This is not predetermined. I'm looking at it, and I'll just watch through which games I, I'll, I think are very winnable, and, I, and I'll offer you my logic behind it. So, so far this week, uh, let's see. The first game, Thursday night, uh, tomorrow night, and I have the 49ers or maybe tonight, depending on if you listen. But I have the 49ers, minus 500, against the Cardinals, plus 350. I mentioned that the Cardinals could win this, but I think the 49ers win like 80% of the time. So having plus 350, I don't think it's profitable. I think having about plus 400 would make it close. Even even then, I, I don't think that I, I feel super happy about that. So I'm probably going to ignore that one for now. Next game, uh... Texans and Jaguars uh, both have about even odds, so again, that's not worth me checking out. Uh, the game here, which I hate to say, is the Bears versus Eagles. I, Bears are 185. Um, the Bears are trash, right? uh, but like I don't know. I'm hoping the Eagles are going to turn it up, but like it, this this game could easily be a coin flip because uh, Eagles have shown some consistency, but uh, like I said, nothing is guaranteed. And I feel a little bit nervous with the Bears that they could squeak out like a BS victory, like with a field goal. So is it like, is it really worth the plus 185? Uh, honestly, I think this could be a coin flip. So if it ends up being a coin flip, I think, but towards the end, then I might be urged to take the Bears, which sucks because I picked the Eagles to win on the pickums. But prof, but profitability speaking, uh, the Bears might make some sense. Uh, and then next game, I have the. Colts in Pittsburgh, those both teams are both minus, it means it's, it's an even matchup, no one wants to touch it, at least for like those types of odds. Uh, the next game is a spicy one, ooh, uh, the Washington Redskins plus 350, okay, against the Buffalo Bills. I already told you what I thought about the Buffalo Bills, okay, so think about it this way, guys. Compare the 49ers and in in the Cardinals versus the Washington Redskins and Bills. Okay. Bills are in my anti-power rankings. San Francisco is the number two team in the league. Washington, uh, I, I said that with their new offensive lineman, and they seem to be like at least fighting somewhat for some of the wins, so they got one win under the belt. Uh, I don't. Like, this is a very winnable game. Uh, the spread here is, what, nine and a half? I'm telling you right now, I'm going to take the spread. I'm, like, plus nine and a half Washington, that is guaranteed. Okay, that, That's my free pick or whatever that crap is. Uh, for you, 
but for this upset specific pick, uh, for the money line odds, plus 350 seems like a steal. I, I already said I think Buffalo wins this like 60% of the time, uh, maybe 65, 70%. So uh, the fact that even getting plus 350 means that they would have to win one out of like four times or one out of five times. This is the profitable play. Like, I, like I just, this this game just seems absurd. Uh, I think this game's going to be like 17-13, okay, uh, or 7-3, something. But like, lot, the, the skins are like a couple trip plays or something like that. Catch them off guard might be enough. Uh, I trust. I, 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 I before I even look at the rest, I already know. I'm telling you right now, plus 350 the skins. That that is a lock. That is a lock pick that I'm doing. Um, official pick. I can't say it's a lock, but it's an official pick that I, I feel strongly about. And this is a plus 350. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, so I'm gonna do skin, red skin. Oh, let's do Washington. Okay. Washington. Washington. And this one is, they are a plus 350. Holy cow. I did, that's nuts. I, that should not be the case. Uh, going down the list. Uh, Tennessee Titans plus 175 against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I don't. I already told you I don't trust Tennessee at all. It seems ridiculous. Uh, the Jets and the Dolphins. The Dolphins are plus 140. I think the Jets are way better. I think the Miami win. I mean, I almost think that is probably about right. Um, it's not a juicy line. Uh, Miami's plus 140, which is probably the best odds that they've had all season. Uh, but looking at the anti-power rankings too. Uh, the Jets are just a one echelon above. Uh, not saying Miami can't win. Uh, like I said, this could be their, their this could be their winnable game, uh, where, they're, where they're close. But uh, I just think Jets have a little bit more firepower, and I just I like juicier odds, especially for teams that aren't like when it comes to bad teams. Uh, I the juiciest odds are the best. So I don't know. I can't figure that one out. Uh, not touching it. Uh, the Bucks plus two twenty against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I think Seattle's at home, so I don't, I don't think the Seahawks have a good shot of like losing. Uh, but the Buccaneers, like the Buccaneers, can win against any given team randomly, which is absurd. But um, they're at 220 plus 220. It's something to consider, but, uh, but I don't think those odds are good enough. If it's like plus 350, I consider it, or even plus 250, it might be better. Uh, but plus 220, I just can't see it. Uh, not yet, at least. Uh, the next game, uh, Detroit Lions are the underdog, plus 110. And the Raiders, minus 130. It's not a juicy game. Those odds are in bluff. Uh, the next game is Green Bay Packers, uh, minus 200 against the Chargers, plus 170. Those are terrible odds. Plus 170 to beat to beat a absurdly good pack Green Bay team. That's, yeah, the, like the Chargers just haven't shown that they can do anything completely yet. Um, Bills, like I said, going back to Bills, Bills can only show they can play defense. So, they're, you know, Green Bay has a lot of facets of the game that's working. Uh, against the Chargers that only have none. Uh, they have a couple, but they're, they're half there. So, this, I don't think, I don't think that's a good, good pick for the Chargers. I don't think that's a value pick at all. Uh, an interesting one here. Uh, two interesting ones towards the end here. There is the Cleveland Browns against the Denver Broncos. Uh, Broncos are plus 155. Broncos, I've said that they've lost a lot of these close games, like very close within a few points, and I don't think this game's going to be any different. So if that's the case, uh, 
1.55. This is going to come down to whoever has, like, pretty much lost possession, I, I believe. Or whoever just says they want to give up the game. So, if this is a coin flip, and my pick comes, I pick Cleveland, and I said it's a coin flip. Um, the Broncos are giving plus 1.55 on a coin flip, which means long term, if I pick the Broncos, I'm going to come out ahead. So this is an interesting matchup. Uh, I'm, I'm teasing that right now. I do like it. I think that's more, more believable than the, the following game Sunday night where the Ravens are plus 170 against the Patriots. Uh, pa Ravens are a good team, but with teams, but when you're facing one of the top one teams in the NFL, arguably, uh, getting plus 170 odds seems absurd. Uh, I just don't, like, like absurdly bad. Like, that needs to be, like, plus 300 for me to consider that. Uh, like, at least plus 250, even with the Baltimore Ravens. Patriots had just shown they can win it regardless, so I do not trust uh, the plus 170 line. And the last, last Monday night, or the Monday night uh, pick, this is a very spicy one, is the Giants, plus 265 to win against the Cowboys. Now, it's plus 265, uh, Giants, and the Giants, I have them ranked currently as the number seven anti-power ranking team. Okay, so they're not in the worst tier. They're in, like, a striking tier of, like, they could win depending on certain circumstances that might go their way. Uh, especially if they play up to their level. That's the biggest one. But you mean to tell me this is a rivalry game where uh, Daniel Jones, or I don't know, it's a rivalry game to where either the Giants are going to completely fold or I think they're going to compete. Uh, which means I think it's, like, 25% chance that this pick might hit, at least in my head. And... Uh, but it's a Monday night game, too. So I think the Giants are going to perform a little bit better. They're going to get, put their best foot forward. And that's why I think I, I mentioned that if it wasn't for those like ridiculous conditions, it would be 75% chance. But I think, realistically, they got about 65% chance of uh, like losing. Uh, or, sorry, Dallas has a 65% chance of winning. Uh, because of that, I see the plus 265 odds. Ah, man, that is, that's pretty juicy. So... I want to do either two or three picks, and I'm already dead set on the skins. Like, the skins just seem stupid close. That doesn't make any sense. That, that is, that is like, the one if you had to lock it in. Um, I'm pretty confident. Like, these other two, I'm pretty confident that they're profitable plays. The first one, I'm confident that that's a straight-up steal. So this, these ones are still plus EV plays. So Denver plus 25 or Giants plus 265. I'm thinking Giants plus 265 is probably the more valuable play. Uh, I definitely think Broncos can win, too. Uh, maybe I might include that as, like, they're not a super big Wilder dog pick, but I feel pretty safe with that. Um, although I want to win, I want to win with the pickup. So I don't want to shoot myself in the foot um, saying, okay, pickup's going to be Cleveland. If I win that, then I'll get my money back for the, the long-term profitable play. Oh, man, this is terrible. All right. I'm confidence meter. I'm doing this right in real time. So confidence meter, I'm, I'm about 60% sure Denver can pull it off. Um, if, I, if I focus on any given Sunday, just, just one time, one shot, Eminem style, one opportunity. Uh, and the Giants can pull it off. It's like 60%, 55%. The odds are better for the Giants. Uh, this any given, like I said, any given Sunday, like, like a random... Like they give, if, they, if Giants put out their best effort and they catch... a sleeping Dallas team, which is very possible. I think they can win 65% of the time. Or have a chance. They can have a chance 65% of the time. Um, 
I'm thinking I'm going to stick with the Giants, guys. Uh, you feel free to take the Broncos, too. Um, but I like to do the official. I like to make these official, and I, and I like the... Uh, I, I like the odds here. So I'm doing... This one is 265, and I'm spreading it down. I, have, I, I, I put all these stats in a spreadsheet as I go ahead. So uh, this is for me to document so you guys can say, like, oh, you know, Joey actually records this stuff. So... Uh, Giants plus 265, uh, plus 265, and I think I'm being stubborn with that Cleveland pick, but I, I, I'd, like, I'd like to pick them better over those upset picks. So Washington plus 350, Giants plus 265. Uh, even winning one of these puts me almost back to even for the season. So uh, winning both, I am sitting pretty good, if that's the case. And that, I mean, that's, that's the point of these upset picks. So... There you have it, folks. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Droolish. I know it's a little bit longer than normal. I've been trying to cut my episodes down to less than an hour and a half. This probably will still hone in on that. Uh, be, be sure to look at the timestamps. If you want to leave feedback, comments, whether it's this episode or any other episode that's not football-related, uh, please let me know. I always appreciate new topics to talk about. I can always offer my insights or my thoughts. Uh, I know outside of this podcast uh, some people still mention like they just like to hear me talk i don't know why um maybe it does help help them put them to sleep who knows but uh, i want to make this podcast better in any feedback and anything that seems uh, pretty constructive um always listening and happy uh, to listen and again uh appreciate you guys seriously like the last episode at the time of this recording has almost 100 episode 100 100 downloads and that was from the NFL one released uh, not even a full week ago. So uh, certainly uh, I've been seeing a lot of positive traction and it completely, uh, if I had a camera, you could see the look of like, just like confusion and like in happiness. It's just like, I, like, I don't believe it. <laughs> it's nuts. So um, like I said, I barely even had like one download after a week that when I first started this. So even having a hundred at the latest episode is just absurd, guys. Uh, uh, yeah, so. Uh, this, yeah, that, I, I, I can't, I, I just, I can't explain it. It's nuts. Um, so like I said, hopefully you guys are getting value out of this. Uh, hopefully you guys, you guys uh, can listen to, to some other episodes. If it makes sense, of course, uh, I try to keep the subjects different, uh, but I figured keeping one subject, uh, pretty steady throughout the year, or even throughout the season, I think, uh, uh, it adds a lot of structure, at least to the show for me. And it, I don't know, it seems like you guys are enjoying it, so... Uh, hopefully you guys continue to win money. Uh, I can probably talk more about like betting and import sports picks elsewhere, uh, but I like to keep this just more of like a one episode a week thing. If, if you guys want more of that, let me know. Maybe I can turn it into a completely different podcast or a show or something like that. Um, but, but for now, we're just taking this taking this easy, uh, and hopefully you guys enjoy the ride. But until then, uh, take care and dream easy. <laughs>